Hello, loyal listener. If you enjoy everything we do on the 9to5.cc website, especially 9to5 Entertainment System, please consider going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and supporting us financially. Give us a dollar, give us five dollars, give us whatever you think is worthwhile, or just tell your friends. We appreciate the support. This is the 9to5 Entertainment System, and this episode is brought to you mostly by the letter B. What do we talk about, Scott? We talk about the board game Bang. We talk about... B-movies like Bumblebee, Bird Box, and Black Panther. We also talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then we talk about Wizard Poop. We sure do, man. <laughs> I wish that was not true. You gotta, stay, you gotta stay to the end to get to it. <laughs> 90S, everybody. The uh, and and the Byron goal. Yeah. The be- uh, Did you know who oh. blew past? Bergeron. It was Bergeron, the I best defensive forward in the game. I know. the the uh, The TSN announcers were like, they were like, if there's a few guys in the league you do not want to be in a foot race with, and Paul Byron is one of them. He's like, Bergeron's better off taking the penalty on that shot. He's like, Bergeron's Bergeron's getting a little older and stuff. And you're like, and that's Paul Byron. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm glad TSN third tier announced squad or whatever they put on the house games these days like Montreal Boston you put your garbage yeah, because crew on it cause yeah it's you. on TSN 2 or something I don't know because the Leafs have Austin Matthews mm. terrible John isn't here so we're talking about sports what's up sports <laughs> sports um, how you doing John Scott <laughs> how you doing John I know that you're listening to this I'm in, as you edited I'm in tip top form oh, neither I'm of us goddamn machine Neither of us are an amazing thing. We had a good friend's bachelor party this weekend. Yep. And we celebrated by uh, doing all the substances and playing a bunch of board games. Well, two board games. As you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically alternating between two board games. uh, Mark and I played a round or two of Tides of Madness. I played Lords of Waterdeep and bang. Yeah. And then bang and then bang again. Yeah. That's and I it. got to hear all my friends say they wanted to bang each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to bang you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, who are you going to bang? I'm banging Scott. Oh, uh, I think we times. should. We, we could definitely. I mean, it's an, it's an older game, but certainly we just discovered it this weekend. I picked it up because uh, I was told that it was an incredibly quick co- uh, game to play that sort of was the m- most, like, the intriguing, like, put the man in the brig part of Battlestar Galactica, the board game, but without that three-hour time frame and deep sense of betrayal yep. that Battlestar Galactica has of, like, of lying. Like, like, yes, the game centers around lying to your friends, but only for maybe, like, at most a half hour. Like, at most. No, no, no. At most half the, that half hour. Yeah, exactly. For maybe you maybe have a, have deception up for the first like if you maintain three rounds, maybe four. Yeah, I think the longest deception was I think the last game we played where everyone bought in that I was a deputy right up until I was like just you killed Mark. one of your deputies. Yep. <laughs> that was good. So this game, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I I've, I've seen it in a lot of game shops, so if this sounds interesting to you, like it's like under 20 bucks, like which is always nice. To have a, a game with like a nice low entry point and also very easy to pick up because so, it was it was all cardboard with 
a deck of playing cards and a couple of tokens for life counting. Yep. Yeah. There's actually there's a there's a cool addition that I saw that is more expensive. That the entire thing is like in a big bullet. <laughs> and and it's just sort of like and like there's little like little it's like the 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 cards sit on a on like shelves kind of inside the bullets so you yeah. just like open it up and they're all sorted and whatever but I was just like I'm not gonna pay more for neat packaging for something that's just gonna sit in my closet but it is kind of cool that it's a big bullet so it's just a uh, based on a spaghetti western I guess spaghetti western is the genre the yeah the but like the theme. window the window dressing <laughs> I guess because I mean like it could be anything the flavor. Yeah, the flavor. Because it could game. be a space shootout. It could be anything. And each character takes on a... I bet there should be, if they're going to re-release it. Uh, I think there's one called, like, Samurai something, which is the same thing, but, like... Zap. <laughs> no. Yeah, Zap, Zap would be that. No, but there's I think there's a Samurai game that carries the same mechanic that's all, like... Which is the which is hilarious, because if you're going to go with, like, Samurai film and Spaghetti Western, and I was like, that's kind of amazing in a... <laughs> like, yeah. in a genre cinema through line. Um, so you're sitting there and you take your, you have your character who has a certain ability and then you have a role, which, uh, is a secret. Uh, you are either a sheriff, which is actually the only role that is public. So you're the sheriff of this town. You have deputies, you have outlaws, and you have a single renegade. And, um, the deputies are obviously helping the sheriff. The sheriff, outlaws are trying to kill the sheriff. And then the renegade has a goal to be the last man standing in town with the sheriff being his final kill, which is like the hardest role, but absolutely, um, the most, I think, like, the core of the game. Without the Renegade, there's no game. Like, the fact that a character's short-term goals shift, yeah, like, is really, really what hangs it together. Because if it just becomes, like, outlaws versus deputies, you'd just be shooting at each other and playing a little game with no point. But the fact that an outlaw needs to kind of, like, orchestrate as best as he can an entire series of events to be the last man standing with the sheriff, which means sometimes shooting off the outlaws and in the middle of the game... Yeah, maybe having to pick off the deputies. At best case, trying to make the sheriff accident think he's a deputy and kill one of his own deputies to to yep. damage himself. But yeah, super fun. Like really, really quick to pick up. I think you 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 played a four player game. I only played in five and up. Yeah. So because five and up is where it gets interesting, I think, because you have a deputy, so you the sheriff has an actual ally versus the, f- the four player game as the sheriff. You have to change your attitude quickly because the other games you can kind of sit back and see how see players what? are going to yeah, unfold yeah. on themselves yeah uh if you're the sheriff on a four-player game where you have no assistance yeah really uh, it goes a lot faster you have to start shooting yeah but and i mean and also in the four-player game you almost in like it's hilarious every single solitary game we played Started off with basically the entire table being like, don't worry, Sheriff, I am your trusted deputy. Because yeah. obviously you don't want the Sheriff to shoot you, and you like either want to be the last man standing or you want to kill the Sheriff. Uh, in a four-player game, <clears throat> the Renegade, I think everybody says, don't worry, Sheriff, I'm the Renegade. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll sort this out we'll, once the outlaws we'll, are gone. Yeah, we'll kill the outlaws and then sort it out with each other. But So there's, there's always kind of like that deception of like, who do you trust? And yeah. hubba, 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 money, money, money. Lots of, lots of fun. Yep. And yeah. way quicker to pick up than that description sounded like. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, like if you pick up the game, you tab, you, your turn turn is you draw two cards. You can shoot at one person. There's some cards that are, that are defensive. There's some cards that will let you shoot at other people. You're, yeah. You have health. Your hand size is your health, which I think is also a cool mechanic because it, like, it means that if you can whittle a guy down, you can kind of not necessarily forget about him, but like he's much less of a threat. Yep. So you can kind of like you can spread your damage around. You don't need to like like a guy at one health only has one card in his hand. So 
You know, like yeah. it, it, the amount of things you can do is uh, is drastically and, reduced. And it was lots of fun. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, you know, we, we played. We are a lot of different personality types mm-hmm. in that group, especially when it comes to gaming and board gaming. Yep. And we all found our niche in that game and, and had a good time with it. Yep. I'm still bummed. I was, I was down. I was Renegade and Sheriff twice. Like I got it down to two men standing. And the one, yeah. th- one of the times that I lost, we completely misinterpreted how the prison works. So I don't even know how that, like, <laughs> was it, you were, were you the sheriff both times? Too? I was the sheriff a lot. Yeah. And I think happened. we were both times when, when we got down to the Renegade. And I don't think anyone even got to final two with Renegade Sheriff other than I did. And I was, I felt so good both times, but it's, it's tricky. Yep. I mean, because, because of the sheriff, anyway, we're just like, we're just going to talk for 10 minutes about the, you know, the games board, that we played. Board game bang. Oh. No, uh, but yeah, it's, um, Fun. Highly recommended. <clears throat> Super fun. Highly recommended. I mean, I, I was gonna. I'm basically gonna take a quick look and see if the expansions are any good because I think they're also kind of cheap. Mm. See if they add it. But even just as a core mechanic, I'd recommend it. If you don't, and it, like even <clears throat> not necessarily quite kid friendly because you're shooting everybody. But like as soon as your kids can understand that cops and robbers is a game, like it's even pretty like. I think once they're old enough to play a video game that has a gun in it, they're yeah. old enough to play a card game that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess, like the mechanics of it are very, very simple. So yeah. if you're one of our dad listeners, the, when you're, I don't want to say what, maybe like I could see myself playing that game at probably like age ten. Yeah, nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and and maybe not necessarily getting the nuance of the deception <laughs> 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 that is that is like sort of not necessarily required, but certainly more fun when you do incorporate the deception yeah. into the game. But definitely, like the mechanics could be understood by like a nine or ten year old. Yeah. A plus game, bang, and yeah. except for phrasing. <laughs> There's a lot of phrasing. <laughs> exactly. Gotta watch out. I bang you. I will shoot you with a bang. How many times can you bang me this turn? <laughs> I've got the volcanic, so I'm gonna bang you over and over again. Exactly. Oh man, three bangs in a row. Uh, it was good. I was super super happy with uh, with that purchase. <clears throat> uh, man, I, I guess we can stick with bees and talk about movies that are in theaters i watched a movie in theaters what we should we should talk about so we're, we're gonna call this segment b movies oh, oh x double entendre because the film was bumblebee Ooh. much like seinfeld's b movie it was a movie about bumblebees um uh, i thought that what it was it's <laughs> like the plight of the honeybee and uh-huh uh, it uh, is john cena it's a well you know what <laughs> as a um as sort of a a parable about like the plight of a lone like bumblebee drone or whatever that like heads off like away from the hive and then needs to like go in his own maybe that is what it's about uh so this movie uh our, our friend eric said he's like i heard it's a good b plus and i was like haha another yeah. b thing cuz bumblebee and i fully agree with that so the movie has a nut like it's a it's a shame it's a little bit like spider-man homecoming which is it's a it's a shame that it's not the first Transformers movie in the same yeah. same way that Spider Man Homecoming is kind of a shame that it's not the first Spider Man movie. Like if if Spider Man Homecoming had been and and I don't even hate the first Tobey Maguire one, but if Spider Man Homecoming had been the first Spider Man movie, you'd be over the moon. You'd be like Spider Man's amazing and superhero movies are the best. But like Spider Man, the first one was okay, the second one was okay, and then it. But and then the next three were terrible. Yeah, exactly. And then, and I mean, Transformers—the first one was bad. 
Yep. The second one was awful, and then apparently like went downhill from the, downhill from there. Like true story. Like I think any like at at most people were like. And then the, Mark Wahlberg got involved. Yeah, I think <laughs> at most people were like the first one is watchable. Question mark. Oh, man, no. <laughs> you know, like no, no but I mean, but that's like because so, I think I think there was, and I mean, I even remember there were a handful of scenes in the first one that the robot battles were cool. Like, we're seeing the robots, like, flip around and smash through skyscrapers. And, and some of that, like, where a guy gets thrown and, like, becomes a car and, like, hits the car- ground running. Like, does a UE, accelerates, and then transforms back into the robot and smashes. Like, there was stuff like that that I was, like, visually, at the time, I was, like, this is at least visually entertaining. And then this, But then the second one didn't even have that because it was just, like, packed with shaky cam. <laughs> like, yeah. and was, so then it just was, like, oh, this is nausea-inducing. Like, in addition to being a terrible film, the action didn't even If you're talking nausea-inducing, it's definitely when Optimus Prime leaks oil from his crotch onto a human character in the first movie. (sighs) Unforgivable sin. I mean... That uh, that movie just... No matter what else happens, it's the movie where Optimus pees on a guy. Worse or better than Devastator having a pair of of meaty clackers dangling between his legs. I mean, once you set the tone I guess for those movies, stick you're stuck it. with that. So there's none of that in Bumblebee, first of all. Even with John Cena? Mm-hmm. Oh. Even with John Cena. Um, yeah, no, like it does a, – a lot of the core problems with the Transformers movies are, uh, I guess, just like not an issue in, mm-hmm. in Bumblebee. For one, it's really the Bumblebee movie. It's, uh, it's Bumblebee on Earth, and two Decepticon scouts out to get him. So, like, the most robot-on-robot combat is usually a 1v1, maybe a 2v1. Which is, I find, like, it's just, like, streamlined. Instead of being, like, there's 10 robots fighting 20 robots, and those robots are now a big robot, and, like, and just, like, CG mess flying everywhere. I'm like, it's two dudes, or a girl, actually, Lady Decepticon, fighting Bumblebee. That's, like, the most the combat kind of gets to. Also, um, it focuses a lot on the relationship, like an actual honest-to-goodness relationship between the uh, the girl that finds Bumblebee and Bumblebee, which is, like, nice. They have, like, a friendship. Like, they're not just allies and, like, we're here to protect the humans or whatever. Like, they they make a friendship because, like, basically to, to set the storyline in. Wait, is Bumblebee able to talk in this movie or is he still radio talking? They explain that. <laughs> Where the first scene on Cybertron, he can talk no problem. Right. No, and, I mean, they always kind of implied that it was some sort yeah, of exactly. damage. That, yeah, and, that he has, and he has like a cool, like, like young, young kid voice and whatever, and, and absolutely, it's correct. And then uh, a Decepticon uh, rips out his voice box and then, um, like, basically leaves him for dead. And that's a whole part of the, the core of the movie is that he doesn't have his memory or his voice box. So he does a – it's kind of an Encino Man situation. <laughs> no, but, like, he doesn't understand everything. Like, like right. he gets, like, like the – when he, the girl discovers him, like, he's, like, scared of her with the wrench because he's, like – he does has no idea what he is. I mean, he's a robot. Yeah. Wrenches kind Wrenches scary. take apart robots. robots. Exactly. There's there's some things that are, like, kind of go on in Mumblebee that you just sort of need to, to let it, like, sweep under the table. Like, for some reason – so it's, like – so he transforms into the beetle – as kind of a like a last ditch like survival mode, and then powers off. So right. then he just looks like a regular beetle and gets like 
run into uh, like junkyard. junkyard, and the the characters like, listen, if I can get the Beatles started, can I have a car? And it's run the junkyard's run by her owner, and he's like, sure, happy birthday, and whatever. But I'm like. Okay, cool, but I understand Transformers well enough to know that it's not really a beetle inside. I'm like, how did she fix it's, him? It, yeah, it is not a, a like, cool. Like you see her like, like opening up the diesel trunk. engine. Yeah, like opening up the trunk and opening up the hood and like fixing stuff up to get Bumblebee started. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you open it up and you just see like bah, like robot face <laughs> like underneath there, and you're like, whoa, weird Diglotron engines. And yeah, exactly. I mean, like they the they spark. they only hit the reveal when she like when she wheels like uh, underneath the car when she gets it back home and sees the robot face and she's like. <gasps> You know, but I'm like, so we're to believe that there's, like, a regular VW bug engine in his guts? That's crazy. Like, I don't think the disguise goes that deep. <laughs> then I'm like, then where's the rest of him? It doesn't go that deep unless you say it goes that deep. You kind of have to put that in the world. Right, but then where's the rest of him? You know what I mean? Like, is all of, are all of his, like, robot parts just, like, tucked up underneath and he's an entire bumblebee mm, show? Like, in the seats and stuff? Yeah. But then there's all they they play fast and loose with that because like at one point like the 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 mom is driving him to take the dog to the vet or whatever and like then the tr- and then she the the main character is like like chasing him down on her moped and like the pump trucks and Bumblebee's like arm pops out and waves and I'm like see his arm is in the trunk I'm like how did you not notice that like when you were doing work on him <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, other things this movie does that's wonderful is that it's set in the 80s so it just like just like start to finish sweet 80s jams which is where you want like transformers to occur if you're an actual transformers fan it's like transformers takes place in the 80s i don't care about to what the transformers are like in the 2000s also the character design the opening scene that takes place on cybertron the character design goes they they ripped it like straight out of the cartoon like it was you see Soundwave and shockwave like shockwave is a big purple thing with a glowing eye and Soundwave is a, a big blue ghetto blaster. Oh my god, because Soundwave was a freaking travesty in the movies. Well, he was like a little weird gribbly CD or whatever. Yeah, he was like a little mm, handheld radio portal thing that was stupid, squeaky and annoying rather than the coolest Transformer they ever made. Yeah, I mean, the side of Blaster is what I'm saying. Soundwave is way cooler than Blaster. Yeah. His voice, the the cassettes. As you come in, yeah. Megatron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he might. He's even... like an evil Spock. Yeah, He's wonderful. Yeah, and like, but the right transform transformation noise happens on Cybertron. Like, like it, there's just like like things like that where I was like, why couldn't you have done this in the first movie? Like, you could have even had a scene set in the '80s and then flashed it forward into 2000s, and you would have gotten so many more people's buy-ins to be like, oh, they changed since the '80s. Like, yeah. you know, like, you could have done that. Like, showed us the designs we knew and then jumped it into the 2000s. And you'd been like, yeah, okay, I'm on board. Uh, also amazing, there's... So, anyways, so the whole thing is they send Bumblebee out to be a scout for, like, to look for, like, a safe haven for the Autobots because it's basically, like, the Decepticons have won. All and, right. and the Autobots are, are bailing. So it's it's as though that happened in the 80s instead of, like, thousands of years ago with the Ark or whatever. Um... Another thing that's amazing, I mean, I, I guess the other movies kind of have that, is there, there's a scene on Cybertron where Optimus just, like, slays. Like, like where he's like, like, you go on, and, like, and all the Autobots are, like, hitting the escape pods to, like, go off to different planets, and, and Optimus is just like, 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 now is the time, and just stands, and you're like, it's pure Optimus, and you're like, he's going to die, because Optimus, there's one rule in Transformers, Optimus Prime dies. <laughs> You're like, he will die in this in this endeavor. But right. like, I'm like, boy, howdy, is he going to take down some Decepticons? He's the and, one who turns the tide. Yeah, always. And and if he needs to like buy his guys a couple t- couple minutes, 
He'll do it. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And just like, they're just like grabbing them and like shooting them out of the air. It's totally the, the scene in the animated film where when like shows up in the truck, just shows up and just flips through the air and just like kills like a handful of dudes. There's also, um, the Man, I watched that scene again, not too long ago. It's great. And it's so well choreographed. Yeah. For an animated 80s movie. Well, yeah, but it's that anime style. Like, they knew how to make action look good already in anime. Like, yeah, but if you <laughs> if you watch a bunch of other animated features... But anime like kind of had it. Like, there were, I mean, 19, like, 1985? Animated no, film? There there's a lot of, like... I mean, this side of Akira, which was a masterpiece in its own right. When was You know, when you was get like a lot Ninja of, like, Scroll? Robotech and stuff, and... It doesn't have that same. What year was Ninja Scroll? Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, but I'm saying, but they were still like, you know what I mean? Like, like they were doing a lot better in Japan than we were doing in, ter- oh, no, for in sure, terms of like for sure. knowing how to make an animated action scene. But they also like they slowed down the choreography so you can see what was happening and appreciate how cool it was. Yeah, yeah, super so cool. Uh, they oh, there's a great. There, there's also uh, like Cliff Jumper who looks like Cliff Jumper. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like. Yeah, I was like, I like seeing this. You see, RC, RC's there. Like, I don't think she even has a line, but you're like, ee. and I was like, man, I was like, it's it's not, and like, I'm, you, I'm it's do- like a it's like a Ready Player One influence just for Transformers fans. A little like, bit. Put them in the background and put them in the background, and but but like, and they do it in like early. So, but yeah. but it, it's kind of nice because it's like it's like a little bit like a hug, being like, we know why you're here. Like, we got you. And then I was like, and then you just like follow it up with a bunch of '80s music, and I'm like. Okay, Bumblebee. Like you've earned my like, my like my hesitant. Like, you got a bit of goodwill. I'm not yeah, sure exactly. Like like you it. you you understood that you needed to rebuild your goodwill with me as a Transformers moviegoer, and like the, immediately like put it into place. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and then it does like a perfectly fine Transformers movie. Like it's it's just okay. The one thing that I uh, also like loved was when the John Cena's military character because the Decepticons appear and they kind of run into the human military and they obviously lie to them and they're like oh we're like Decepticon peacekeepers after an Autobot terrorist so we're gonna need to help with your internet like your satellite network and all that stuff and John Cena's like are we gonna talk about the fact that they call themselves the Decepticons (laughs) and I'm like correct John Cena (laughs) I'm like, more people should be asking this question <laughs> when the chosen name for your race has the word deception built into it. Perhaps Colin. He's like, are we going to maybe think that they're lying to us? I was like, wonderful. Yeah, I was like, good job, John Cena. Even as like kind of the, the bad guy military figure, you're still asking the tough questions. Are we going to trust <laughs> the Decepticons? They introduced themselves as the Decepticons. I was like, good job. Uh, yeah, good. B plus. Um... Well, I let's would put it on the list. I would say where where are movies that succeed? <laughs> like it succeeds at what it was trying to do. It absolutely does not reinvent the well, the wheel whatsoever. I'm looking at uh, one twenty one Baywatch. I put it above that. Above that is the Phantom Menace. Oh wait, like wait, 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 wait. Like wait, I'm not saying wait, but I'm like those were movies that you like. I would if here Power Rangers if, if Bumblebee. One fourteen is Power Rangers. On. Yeah, but like one oh six. One 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 is Suicide Squad. Yeah, no, it's like above these. Hellboy. It's above. We are your friends in Crush Groove. I think we're kind of getting to that area, though. <laughs> um. Mm. Oh man, no, dude, it's. 
better than 2016 Ghostbusters. I think that's where it goes. Is right above Ghostbusters. Slotting in around that 95 area. Let me just double check it. See, now here's the thing. This is a, a difficult thing that I'm I'm wondering for. Um, that puts it under stuff like Moana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not one, like so. I think that's where it goes as a film. But I'm taking a look at like say like Ghost in the Shell and like Winchester and stuff. So there is a bit of it where they play 80s music and the Transformers look like the Transformers that my childhood that may give it like a little bit of a bump into below the Karate Kid. <laughs> the perfect script, the Karate Kid. <laughs> yes, the perfect script, the Karate Kid, and that's because. That's fine with me too. That like it's as a movie. It's I feel pro- like the Karate Kid is a is a benchmark movie in the list, right <laughs> where it is now. Yeah, it's kind of a, a a gatekeeper movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it it should probably, if we're being honest, just go maybe like into that Ghostbusters area. But there's like so much of it. Like like literally, like I found myself like smiling. Because well, I mean, the, the, that's more than a lot of King Arthur did, so... Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. But then I'm seeing, like, like things get pretty good up above uh, up above the Karate Kid. All right, but so yeah. let's slot in, in there, number 87 for now. Yeah. To be, to be potentially revisited when you Right above it. Winchester and right under the Karate Kid. Yes, yes, sir. Um, and continuing the... Uh, I feel like we're missing one of the other Transformers movies there because I I put the last night on the list and it's not there. John, are you sure? Yeah, because I watched that movie and it was bad, and I'm pretty sure we talked about how bad it was. Yeah, maybe we didn't even rank it. <laughs> Just like get out of here, movie. Uh, All right, let's get back to B movies though. Uh, I watched we watched Bird Box. Yeah. Starring B actress Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock a B lister, I think so. So Netflix announced that after the first week of its release, mm-hmm. that forty-five million accounts had watched the movie. Wow, which is a crazy big number of people. So forty-five million, million. accounts. Accounts, yeah, which exactly because I mean, like they, some people have more users three, on three to four. Yeah. So let let's. I mean, I guess like let's split the difference and say ninety million people watched it. If each account, well, I'm saying or two people watching it, everyone's not everyone's watching it by themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, but like three accounts that two people are watching it will cover or, for the account that one person watches it, and then three watch it sometimes. Like, I don't one think a, one account that has two different profiles because they're sharing it with their college roommate. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying, I think I think it's safe to double that number. So ninety million people watched it times ten bucks a movie ticket. Nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's it. it, it like it, it made Marvel money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what was for free? Well, it was for ten bucks a month. <laughs> Eleven bucks a month and about fourteen, to be 14. bucks a month. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's it. Which I mean, I think, that, and and I, I mean, I'm glad for like this and something that we're pro- we're probably going to talk about a little bit later, uh, which is which is Bandersnatch and stuff. I think Netflix did a, a really good job in putting two um, marquee things out over the holidays when everybody's kind of like sitting around at home and has like downtime and stuff because they need to they and they need like they need to put up in a big way in my opinion to not have people pull the plug when they jack their price three bucks a month like mm-hmm. all all previous price increases have gone up a buck at a time yeah and admittedly they've climbed up from eight up to eleven 
but a buck at a time. So now this is like as big as all previous price increases in one shot. Like you need yeah. to be delivering Bird Box and Bandersnatch every month, kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah, you need <clears> to keep. I, I mean, in some ways, I also feel like this was a um, a membership boost, like a push for membership. Probably. Like, hey, did you see this new movie that everyone's talking about? The price to watch it for one month is one movie ticket. Yeah. And uh, for the rest of the month, you get to watch everything else. Yeah. And I think that might have brought Absolutely. And I mean, and I think that 2018 uh, was a little tricky for um, Netflix because there was no Stranger Things. And House of Cards had a pretty big blow. <laughs> <laughs> and and they decided to have a big hissy fit with all the Marvel properties. Yeah, and they and they cutting themselves off the knees with the Marvel shows. So it's like, what are what else is their best shows? You know, like I mean, Orange is the New Black. It's a big hit. Yeah, and I mean, Maniac was real good, but I don't know if it hit everybody Narcos, in the right spot. I Narcos think Narcos is pretty down. well, but it's still like like four or five of their shows either are ended. Or did not have a season, yeah. or like had a bad kind of season, or had uh, the grossest man in the world <laughs> being t- t- tied to it. Oh my gosh, that that happened after we recorded, didn't it? The Kevin Spacey. The Kevin Spacey speaking as Frank Underwood while defending Kevin Spacey. Yep. That's all kinds of weird. Uh, and uh, Kevin Spacey bad. We, we can just leave it at that and get back to the Bird Box. Movie. Yeah, no, but <laughs> it's more than that somehow. <laughs> Well, yeah, the fact that he was able to produce that either incredibly quickly or had it on the ready just in case. I love the – was it Puck Soup? They were like – it was so well lit and shot. And they were like, who helped him with that? And then there's like a, like a, like a beat. They're like, Brian Singer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah no. Right, I, I want to talk about the Bird box. Uh, aliens that give you visions of your worst fear rather than the worst people in the world giving us visions. I mean – how many people in Bird Box saw Kevin Spacey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Kevin Spacey's coming up the driveway. Kill yourself. The, the lady who walks into the car that's on fire. Mom, don't go with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Okay, so, you mean that's the premise. Is aliens? Question mark? They just, like, say, like, the entity. Something. Yeah, exactly. Something comes to Earth. Yep. And if you look at it, yep. or them. Yep. You Are, see your worst fear that terrifies you into committing suicide. Okay, that's kind of the pitch, but I didn't really think that's what it was doing, right? Because the um, the actress from, like, the, the other pregnant actress, yeah. she looks out the window and has a smile and says, well, that's not so bad, and then sprints through a window and kills herself. Spoilers. Uh... You know, it's going to be hard to review this movie without spoiling it. Yeah. One, so if you're worried about spoilers, you can skip ahead. I liked it. Yeah. I think you should watch it, especially because it's on Netflix. Yeah. If you, have, have if, you have, if, you, if you have Netflix, watch it. It is a horror movie that does a few interesting things. Uh, I don't think it necessarily. I think that because it was on Netflix is what made it the like cultural phenomenon. I think if it had a, cin- a cinematic release, it would have kind of been drug because A Quiet Place came out this year also. Yeah, like if if it was out in theaters, people would be like, "Oh, it's like a quiet place, but you can't see them instead of can't make any, or you can't look at them instead of you can't make any noise." Which, at the core of the horror, like absolutely, it's way scarier 
to not be able to make any sound whatsoever than it is to just kind of like stumble around blindfolded. Like, yeah. Like, you know, so, and, well, and, and, Bird Box did two things I thought were really, really good. Mm-hmm. They never showed you what either the creatures looked like yep. or what the nightmare visions were. Correct. And the visual effect of people who had looked at them with their eyes going like, bloodshot or like, like puzzling around. Like, yeah. Was actually terrifying for me. That, mm-hmm. that, Evoked a visual, a um, visceral, a visceral feeling from me. Going, oh, that looks very unpleasant. Yeah, and not not in a like a, a torturey, gross out kind of way, mm-hmm. but like, man, that that looks uncomfortable, and it looks exactly what it should look like. Yeah, to, yeah, to... yeah, exactly for sure. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I know they keep saying like it. it personifies your greatest fear and i was like i don't i didn't get that that was what it was doing i feel that it was showing you like whatever it would take to somehow drive you to suicide if that you know what i mean like like yeah like like if your, if, your if, darkest secret your your uh greatest fear your might even like and like i said it might even like be kind of like seductive based on what some of the characters kind of see like you see like a bliss kind of like settle on some of people's face as they go. And it's just like, I just kind of viewed it as a, as more of like a, a cerebral virus that just like scrambles your brain. Yeah. But then it also, if you're crazy, makes you one of its minions, which I thought was yep. a very weird choice. <laughs> that was a very strange thing in the script. And, like, and problematic. Kind of. <laughs> like in a way, being like, oh, the people in the mental institution with mental health problems, now they work for the killing alien entity. You're like, uh, really? Okay. And you're like, how, how, where does that go? Like, and it doesn't. No, where does it go? Nowhere. Uh, and I was like, where's the line of that? Or you're sort of like, oh, you're depressed. Now you're a minion of the killing yeah. entity. And you're like, okay, what? Like, it was a, yeah, it, it's a weird choice to cast, uh, or, to write crazy people as the, the murdering minions of like, and so clearly make that the line, not like a random percentage of the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like he spent some time in jail. He was crazy in jail. Yeah, call him fish fingers. Yeah. What? But, yeah. I mean, I think um, it remind. You know what it reminded me a lot? Did you ever read Crossed? No. Do you know Crossed, the comic? It's written, yes. written by somebody. Is it an NS? feels like it might be an Ennis kind of... Oh, no, wait. It's, uh... Isn't it Walking Dead? No. Anyway. But whatever. I'm looking it up. Yeah, you can anyway, so that. I'm just saying... So, But in, in Crossed, people get kind of infected by the virus, and it makes them crossed, and they cut themselves up, and they go crazy. But then a lot of people just kill themselves. Right? So it's it's it gets it, into, like... You were right on your first guess. It's uh, Garth Ennis. It was Ennis, yeah. I mean... Just a lot of a lot of violence and stuff all over the place. Bird Box had a lot of that, like because again, Cross it's sort of like, it, from what I remember, it was a couple years ago. Basically, you sort of when you get infected, you either kill yourself or you go crazy. Yeah, and and it's and it's not a like the crazy people go crazy. It's like it's one or the other. Like you either have the like mental fortitude to end it, or I guess not fortitude to end it, or you have the mental fortitude to live with it. Uh- which which I which I would have preferred even in Bird Box if it was a little more random. Yeah. Like like it's just like yeah most people kill themselves for some people. It doesn't doesn't take. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you yeah, know? they could have made 
that one character, the crazy dude, and be like, oh, is that the reason? And then had another normal person get infected and just be like, eh, I'm happy too. Yeah, exactly. Like, that would have been like, oh, it's not just crazy people. Yeah, and it's in, and in lots of ways it's even like worse and scarier <laughs> like because it doesn't – like you don't know if a person with you – if they do accidentally see it, is going to kill themselves, which I mean, like, is admittedly sad for them, or they're going to want to, like, grab you and pull your eyes open, which is bad for everybody, everybody. in the group, you know? So, so Bird Box has one major plot point that made me crazy with, like, why was it written that way? Which is? So, in the house, mm-hmm. there are two very pregnant women, mm-hmm. and some drama happens, and the John Malkovich character. Pulls a gun yep. on the newcomer to yeah. the house. Yeah, John Malkovich is the best in the movie, though. He's the best. Because he's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. And assholes are out there, and assholes in time of crisis are still assholes. Yeah. And that's fine. It's fine. And also, what I what <clears throat> I also liked about John Malkovich playing the asshole character is that sometimes you're like, like what a monster. And then sometimes you're like... Yeah, but if they would have listened to him, they would have been like it would like he's equal he's equ- he's equally right and wrong. Like sometimes you're like you're like you were an asshole and that was the wrong call. And sometimes you're like you're an asshole, but what you said we should have probably listened to. <laughs> like it's great. Now, like now they are there with John Malkovich's character for a while. Mm-hmm. To the point where even Sandra Bullock's character is like they has, share a moment. Has, has has a couple moments with him. Yeah, yeah, they they have And a, then he does something super asshole-ish and they lock him up in the garage. Fine. That's right. a fair thing. You get a timeout. You cool down. Yeah, like you're pulling we'll guns on people. Like, yeah. we're talking about not just being like, it the last cheat. Not, not just on everyone. He pulls a gun on one person. Yeah. That they don't really know. And. Yeah. You and know. They, they, they club him in the back of the head with a pot of plant. Yeah. And they put him in for a timeout. And yep. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then in this group of seven or eight people. Yeah. The two very pregnant ladies both go into labor at the same time, mm-hmm. and I cannot figure out a way where they're not like, hey, asshole, can you get out of the garage and help us with this crisis at hand now? Yeah. Instead of like, no, 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 no. You stay in the garage. You stay in the garage. You're still in timeout. We don't need an extra set of hands. <laughs> and yeah. that, I couldn't get my head around that point for a good 20 minutes <laughs> after that happened. Yeah. Like, there is no reason that you don't want the asshole in the house with you to get you a blanket. Who or seems a towel. capable. Like, who's, who's a smart individual. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm if not saying not he's very a doctor cynical and nihilistic, yeah. but. Yeah. I also. Um... Yeah. And that, that was like my. The crisis would have been a lot better if any one of them would have said maybe asshole could still help. Yeah. The, the other thing that I didn't understand also. <laughs> is um, and I mean and it's and it's fine. Like I think, like I enjoyed this movie, and I'm and I'm, this is just like weirdly nitpicking. Uh, they establish that the thing can infect you via just looking at it, even through a camera. And then yeah. I was like, but everybody was watching the news for a while, and I was like, they didn't get any footage of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel it would have been like, <laughs> like in one shot, they were just sort of I like. I feel like it kind of did, but. You know, like, even in the house, they're watching the news. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it was just like, I was like, how, like, the news would have put up footage of it, and then it would have gone, and maybe it did, but, like, like, do you know what I mean? I was like, how did the, they watch so much news before the power went, got out, and no one even had a, a fleeting glimpse 
of the thing. Like yeah. We have we have cell phones or whatever. Because theoretically, someone would have seen it with their cell phone, gone crazy, and then sent it to the news. You know? Because you don't lose your intelligence when you're crazy. I'm like, anyway. That was, that was just like nitpicking. I was like, weird. I was like, it was just weird that that was not a thing. And like, it would have it taken just like a, a split second of like, shut off the TV as soon as they saw people. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it would have been neat. That was kind of on the radio, though. It said, don't go on social media. Don't go on. Don't turn on your TVs. I guess. Um... Anyway, and then uh, for reasons, Sandra Bullock needs to go down a river with two kids, and then she does. Yeah. And that was fine. It was yeah. fine. It was okay drama. And they run around with their eyes closed in the woods, so they fall down a bunch. Yep. <laughs> I was like, cool. Although, yeah. The other thing, too, was I was like, admittedly, the movie, without going full spoilers, uh, does kind of like address this. But like my first question was, I was like, what about blind people? Like, are they just totally fine? Turns out, basically, yes. Like, but I was like, just no one being like, oh, crap, guns fire. And just like, she's like a blind couple or whatever. Just like, later. (laughs) You know, just like, okay, there's gun firing. Like, we know how to get around the city. Also, people like stumbling all over. And I was like, why doesn't Sandra Bullock have like a tap tap stick? Yeah. Instead of just instead of just stumbling and waving your hands forward, get a cane. Like you can get a long stick and wave it around in the woods yep. in front of you so you don't accidentally walk off a cliff. Uh, All right. Uh, we gotta we gotta rank this. Below Bumblebee. I don't know, maybe. Below Bumblebee? Because I'm looking at like that Evil Dead Interstellar rubber. But it's in that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I would literally never watch Bird Box again. As much as I enjoyed it, and I thought it was like a lot like Bumblebee. Like Bumblebee, I would watch again. Is my my thing. If Bumblebee was on television, I'd have no problem watching it again. I would. Like, Let's I, put it immediately below Bumblebee. That's no problem. <laughs> like, it's it's fine. It's like a good. Like it's just it. Everything is less clever than A Quiet Place. Also, in terms of in terms of also even just like the the coping and the survive like the people who do survive and seem to kind of make it work, every like everything is just I think better executed in a quiet place. Yeah, and also better acted in a quiet place too. And I also didn't care about like like you know what I mean. I was just sort of like I'm like oh Sandra Bullock's a jerk. Like she doesn't even name her kids. Yeah, that was kind of weird. You're like okay, cool. Like and then you're also kind of like. An extra jerk to the girl because it's not your kid. And only right at the end are you like, no, these are both my kids because I'm the only adult they know. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's something like that where I was, was like. There was that tension though when, when at one point gonna she look? was going to like, who's going to look? Yeah. And I was like, I appreciated that. And I'm also glad that she decided like, to just sucked it up. <laughs> yeah, but then. <laughs> and then but they then go I... over a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I was just sort of like, nobody's going to look. And I'm like, really, Sandra Bullock? Because I'm like, I, do, I know you don't want to risk the children. And I know, I guess, like, maybe you're the only one who can row, so you don't want to risk yourself. But I'm like, you are shooting into rapids now without anybody looking. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it might have been better just to walk. Like, I feel like the blind guy's instructions. Follow the river? Yeah, get yeah, it's get, like, get out. Get a tapping stick. <laughs> Follow the, the river bank. Exactly. You're like, whoop, sploosh. That's the river. <laughs> keep Keep going. <laughs> Follow the riverbank. You'll be fine. It'll just. I think. I think the idea there was, was the waterfall was on a cliff. Huh? Like it's in impassable terrain to get. Yeah. The a the waterfall was a cliff, and I mean, I also think that uh, the concept is is that with the the crazies kind of running around, like a two day trip on a river is like a ten day hike or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's like that's 
That's starting to stretch out the amount of time you're running around in the woods with... No food. With, with A, the creature there, food, and crazy people who can see and be like, there you go. Like, they encounter one yeah. on the river, you know? Like, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I kind of got that's why you went on the river. So we're going to do the last B-movie or we're going to save that? I did two B-movies also, though. Mm-hmm. I watched Black Panther. You watched Black Panther? I did. I finally watched Black Panther. All right. <laughs> and? Uh, are you with John or are you with me on this one? Oh, why do I have to choose? <laughs> did you like it or did you think it was meh? Um, I, I, I think that it suffers a lot from being in a string of real good Marvel movies. <laughs> like, if, if it had come out pre-Guardians, pre-Ragnarok, pre-Spider-Man Homecoming, I would have been like, Black Panther is the best! Probably, like, one of the best Marvel movies, but it didn't. We already knew they could make Guardians real good. Guardians 2, so-so. Uh, Thor just... Ragnarok is, like, brilliant. And uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is, like, the best Spider-Man on film. Man. Like I really like Black Panther. I, I I liked it a lot too. I just Spider Man w- Homecoming is great. Spider Man is great. Mm-hmm. The Vulture is a good villain. Yeah, for a Spider Man movie, absolutely. And Tom and Holland's I, a great Spider Man. I like, feel like Killmonger is a good villain in a movie. I wish the re- and I mean and I and again this is something that um, Alex Rose and I have talked about where he's like I think that like the genre of superhero film like can only do B plus in lots of ways. Maybe because we like comic books A minus. You know, like I don't I think there's like a cap that if you're making a superhero film, like you hit. Like I just was like I was into Black Panther until it was like, well, it's the last half hour, there's gonna be a big fight and Black Panther will triumph. Like I was like really into Black Panther until I was like all the pieces were in play and then I was like Okay, he got like knocked off the cliff, so now there's going to be a redemption thing. His friends are going to help him out. He's going to tr- return triumphantly. There's going to be a big punch fight, and the day is saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I was, get like, it. I get it. There's and, like and check I was, boxes that are going to happen at the end of the movie. Yeah, and it just like that bugged me. Like if Black Panther had done almost had had a better resolution, you know, like and I mean like even even if like you know what would have been cool is even if like in the middle of the fight, if like without having to kill him. Kill, like they came to an understanding, and Killmonger yeah. were like, was like, "All right, like we'll do it your way." And you'd have been like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you're like, "Cause you know, because he also was oppressed, and he was just coming from a different side of the coin." And that, yeah. that like, because like, again, I do appreciate his motives. Like, there's a whole planet full of people who look like us, while you guys are sitting there in your like vibranium towers and stuff, yeah, like not helping. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got Killmonger's motivations and everything, and. If they had, like, come to an agreement and it hadn't been a, like, I also punched him to death and then I let him see a sunset, so it's okay now. <laughs> like, I think yeah. you might also be suffering by having seen the latest Avengers movie first. Because there's some definite flaws with Wakanda in the Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. Like, we're, we must protect our people. Oh, wait. We'll sacrifice ourselves for a robot. Many of them have to die for this robot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, and that, that's the other thing, too, is, like, the, the argument that I had with John, or I guess the discussion, is he was like, he's like, how is the world's most advanced society still resolving via punch fight whenever they make, like, have a new king? And I was like, I feel it's mostly, like, lip service. 
at this point. And you said the robot jocks thing. Yeah, war has been outlawed and it's settled by punch fighting because knives are and guns are way less civilized. Yeah, exactly. That's it. If you have if you have something that you're willing to fight to the death before, you name a champion who is willing to fight to the death, and then it's settled. <laughs> you know, and it's settled, like... and no one else dies. And everyone, even even when Killmonger wins the first time, everyone in the country for the most part, yeah. minus one or two people who are personally yeah. involved with, with, uh, with T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah. Everyone else is like, okay, well that's how it goes. Yeah. Like, exactly. We don't all start uprising and cause that will kill many, many yeah, of us. Exactly. And I mean, and it's also not necessarily a fight to the death, right? Like T'Challa doesn't kill the dude that he challenges. Like there's a no, chance a to fight. yield. It's a fight to the yield. Yeah. Death or yield. Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, kind of was like, and that's right. fine. I didn't have a problem with that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, uh, I liked T'Challa. I liked all of this. I love the guys. action scene um, when they go to the casino and leave the casino. That yeah. spear through the car yeah. thing was super cool. Also, and I mean, um, <laughs> I was pretty thankful that, um, what's his name? The Hobbit. Yep. You know. You know the Hobbit. I was like, he literally had Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman had all of the tropes of a character who was gonna betray the black people and then didn't. And I was like, thanks, movie. <laughs> like he was—he's like the white CIA agent with kind of like dubious morality who's kind of making deals with the arms deal dealers if it benefits the United States, who they're choosing to trust, like kind of as an exception or whatever. I was like. Don't betray the black man. I was just like, I was like, don't. I was like, be a good guy. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, please do not. Like, don't be the asshole who's like, ah, 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 I stole the Wakandan technology. And he didn't. And that was fine. I was like, good job. Like, I was like, thank you for not having that. I was like, I don't. So, I mean, it would have been fine if he did because, like, Lord knows that that (laughs) historically has happened. But I was like, whew. Like, as as a white person, I was like, thank you. Black Panther. So staying in the MCU, I finally got around to watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, but it doesn't start with a B. Uh, how do we, ra- how do we rank ba- uh, Black Panther? I just want to take a look at it. Or we'll uh, just take a quick little look-see. Scrolling, scrolling. Did we rank Black Panther? Or did we say that we were going to wait until we all watched it? Do we need to wait until John gets back? Do-do-do. Yeah, no, I thought... Uh, oh, it's not there on the list. Oh, no. So maybe John either didn't upgrade it, or I guess we can, we can hold it, because we actually, all three of us have watched it. Okay. So we can hold the, the ranking if it hasn't been ranked yet. Yeah, soundtrack was great. Uh, action scenes are great. Uh, everybody was cool in the movie. And I feel like it got from A to B without really pissing me off. <clears throat> Why do you think it's going to piss you off? A lot of superhero movies piss me off. I feel like... And that was ultimately why Avengers Infinity War pissed me off, I think. Because, I mean, like, I hadn't seen Black Panther, but I heard it was great. But, like, it, it, like prior to Infinity War, they had a string of, like, like it was, it was Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Black Panther, which everyone was like, Marvel just made, like, the three best superhero movies, like, ever. And before that was Civil War, which was also good. And even Guardians 2, which was okay. Yeah. Like, like, the worst movie that they had in the, str- in the, str- in the build-up to Infinity War was... Guardians 2, which was a fine movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I was like, so that's, I think that's why I, I mentally the bar for Infinity War was so much higher because they were like doing different stuff with the genre and then they were like, here comes Thanos. Yeah. And I, I liked Infinity War, but there are problems with it. Yeah. 
Big problems. Uh, MN and the Wasp. Paul Rudd and the Wasp. It's a, the actress also is familiar to me. She's from Lost. Yeah, she plays the girl from Lost who the boys from Lost fight over. Yep. Yep. Why can't I pull her name out of my... I, 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 can't, I can't pull even her character's name from Lost out. Nor can I pull the people that were... Wait, Sawyer. I can... Sawyer was one of them. <laughs> Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox was the other one. <laughs> Matthew Fox was the actor, and Sawyer was the name. One of, the of them was a hobbit, and she was in The Hobbit. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so Ant-Man and the Wasp. I liked the original Ant-Man. I feel that the original Ant-Man was very much the, 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 the shell of an Edgar Wright movie that was probably better than, the, than it could have been. That was my feelings on Ant-Man, the original. Yeah. There <laughs> like, were some, some flaws in Ant-Man. Yeah, and um, I feel like they pushed past them. Okay, Ant Man and the Wasp. So explain to me. So it occurs while after Civil War, and while Infinity War is Infinity happening. Infinity War is happening because the snap happens at the end of the movie, or during the movie. Super spoilery. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but yeah, but I think that so. I mean, this movie came out it, a while it, ago. The, the plot starts with... Yeah, but it's not spoilery. The snap happens in in Infinity War, then a movie that came out after it. Like, it, wherever, whatever year they say it happens, you either know it's going to happen off screen or whatever, or is about to happen. Evangeline Lilly. That's, mm. that's what's been bugging me and distracting me for the last minute. I've been um, trying to fill the air. Right, so, at the end of Civil War... Right. Ant-Man... Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, has mm-hmm. broken the... Ant suit. Uh, no, the Accords, the Zakovia Accord. Okay. By flying to Germany to f- get in a big fight in the airport. Mm-hmm. And he comes home and is promptly arrested. Okay. And he is sentenced to house arrest for two years in his house with limited visitation rights with his daughter. Okay. And pretty much as he should be. He is an ex-convict. Mm-hmm. He is, he had no business and, and no one, like, he, he was on Captain America's side. Yeah. So Cap wasn't coming back to help him. Captain, see you later. And that man's like, okay. Thanks. I got some problem. No, yeah. Oh, you're going to go find Winter Soldier? That's cool. Bye. Thumbs up. <laughs> and he's totally screwed. Like, he gets, yeah, he's just a dude. He doesn't have, like, uh, there's no Baxter building. There's no. There's no, there's like, no money for a lawyer. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and at the same time, you find out that Hank Pym, the Michael Douglas character, mm-hmm. uh, had gone into the microverse, the quantum realm, the okay. very, very small place, with his wife, Janet Van Dyne. And that's Evangeline Lilly's mother okay. character, who was played by Michelle Pfeiffer, which is kind so, of a fun little thing. Huh? And lost her in there. Whoops. Yep. So it's now like losing a molecule. Yep. So now they're trying to get her back and there's problems and science fiction issues Mm -hmm. and it ends up being that they need scott lang's help even though he's really they're really mad at him for taking the suit and running off and not telling them to go fight iron man and spider-man and all of that so they break him out of house arrest even though he really doesn't want to go out of house arrest because he he's trying to serve his time so he can get back to being a dad to his little girl right He's like, I'm not really interested in this. Can we please go back home? Yeah. Uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. And um, 
there is a criminal cabal that is chasing Hank Pym and Hope Pym okay. Van Dyne down okay. because they had done a bunch of underground uh, weapons deals to like finance their research into saving their mom. But the vulture. Sort of. <laughs> and then there is also another character called Ghost mm-hmm. who is coming after them because of Hank Pym's initial studies into My quantum shrinking. Uh With Bill Foster, the Black Goliath okay. in the comic books, who yeah. Thor kills, or no, Robo Thor, Thor kills, them, yeah. um, is helping. So he's kind of a an antagonistic character. Okay. And sh- she is trying to steal technology to bring back to Bill Foster because she's basically glitching. She's like Kitty Pride. When her powers are out of control, she okay. can't she can't stay corporeal, and it hurts. Okay, like her molecules are always being pulled apart. Yep. So she has a a reason to be really mad at Hank Pym, Fair. and to be uh, an antagonist to their plot to try to save the mom. Okay. So these two things are happening at the same time, and Paul Rudd is trying to, or Scott Lang is trying to balance helping out the people that he really pissed off who gave him the powers. Yeah. While being chased by. A ghost thief and yeah. a criminal cabal, and also trying to fool the FBI into thinking he's still under no, no, house no, no, arrest, so. so he could serve the rest of his term. Does he take on a Mrs. Doubtfire persona? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but Hank Pym does put a giant ant in his house to wear Scott Lang's ankle bracelet. <laughs> so there's Almost. like the bracelet is moving around the house, yeah, yeah, yeah. taking care of stuff. So the FBI is like, yeah, he's he's still in the house and he's moving around. Nice. And I was ready to put it like, then he puts like a, a Scott Lang mask on the ant, so it just like walks by. No, but he does kind of make the ant sit down on the couch a lot to watch <laughs> movies, so it mimics the actual patterns. patterns. I see. And it sounds convoluted. Mask. It's not that complicated. I can imagine it's not that bad. It's fun and it's funny, and it doesn't do too many of the shrinking down to an ant size gags that the first one does. Right. The first one really leans heavily into that joke. Yeah. Of like the Thomas the Train Engine coming at them and they're fighting. Um, but at the same time, those are still like, out of everything that Ant-Man had going on for it, those effects were like stuck out. Like I was like, those are cool. They look good, but they, <laughs> they went to that well a lot in the first movie. Yeah. And this one doesn't do that and kind of relies more on the banter that Paul Rudd is able to create He's yeah. given like a bit of a longer leash in this movie. Okay. And it works mm. better. How did it do at the box office? Like, could have been like, how did it while do? You were... Yeah, because I'm like, I'm wondering, just because I I did not care about Whoa. it at all. $622 million. Yeah, but locally? Uh... How did it do not internationally? Because they all, they all just, they all bank. Like, uh, box office mojo. They all make Crazy Bank internationally, right? Like, that's just the, those movies, because they're some of the only, like, they just get released everywhere. Yeah. But still, $622 million. Oh, yeah, it did fine. Looking at the box office mojo stats. A domestic, it only made $200 million. Well, its budget was lower than that, so it made good money. What was the budget? 150 
Yeah, but you know, like that's <laughs> like domestic. That's not. Well, not... you know, pulling in another sixty million dollars for oh, for sure. But I mean, like Marvel what? Disney. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't lose money. It didn't lose money, and I don't think these and movies it... can. Like, I think that people look yeah, enough. What? I mean, yeah, I guess not. I mean, if I mean like, have you I... seen the numbers of Aquaman? It just passed the Dark Knight yeah. in terms of DC movies. I want to. I want to know. Hang on. I want to know. This is this is an important question for me. Like, I was like, can they make bad movies? Yeah. So, dude, like, Solo made four hundred million dollars, like globally. Solo. Like a Star Wars story. Made four hundred million. Yeah. So Ant Man made two hundred and twenty million dollars. Yeah, more. but but. Everybody said Solo was pretty bad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I, I didn't hear anything about Ant Man, and I was like, I feel that like a mediocre Marvel movie is gonna is gonna make north of five hundred million at this point. Like, and I'm saying mediocre in the most like complimentary way possible. Like, I'm just saying like, yeah, it's Jesus a, Christ, Aquaman has made over a billion dollars so far. Yeah, because Jason Momoa, it's got that star power. Apparently, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, apparently, visually. Like uh, I read some reviews, but they're it's like supposed to be a treat. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. They're like they're like it's it's hard in uh, 2019 to like show audiences like literally something they've kind of never seen before, and apparently Aquaman does that. It's not even four weeks old. Yeah. It's made a billion dollars. But it also wow. there was like nothing came out this Christmas. There's no Star Wars this Christmas. There's no Harry Potter this Christmas. It's it's now the highest grossing of any of the DC movies. Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying, but it also... That's insane. But it, they also picked a hell of a year. You know what I mean? Like, that that can't be a mistake. Like, yeah, but people still have to pay money to it. But think... Okay, but, like, the, but there's, like... But there is, there is an honest-to-goodness, like, Christmas movie boost because there's people have time off. People want to take the kids to a thing. People are in the mall. You want to take a break from shopping. Like, there's a lot of things that put people into the movie theaters over the holiday. And, I mean, there was no Harry Potter... <laughs> there was no other Marvel movie. There was no Marvel movie. There was no Star Wars. There was like other big Christmas movies. The the Sherlock Holmes movies that came out at Christmas yep. did big money. Like there was like nothing came out this Christmas. Yeah, but even then, those except for one. Bumblebee. Yeah, that's <laughs> big money. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying, but it was not up against a lot. Like I mean, I think that Aquaman. Like if Bumblebee Aquaman had come out at the same time with the latest Harry Potter. I mean, except for whatever, there was another Harry Potter, but those are those Fantastic Beast movies, which are apparently awful. Yeah, first one was okay, but I have no interest in seeing the next one. Yeah, the first one, first one's near the bottom of our list. It was ranked by Phil. Phil turned it off on a plane. Ooh. It wasn't even like he fell asleep. He turned it off. He was like, "I'm going to watch something else on a was plane." Was he a big Harry Potter fan? Yeah, that's it. He was mm. a bit of a Potter guy. Oh man, we got to talk about that before we go. All right, well, let's put Ant Man and the Wasp on the list. Hey, okay, quick, remember, quick. The, my, I had, there's the comment of Harry Potter beforehand. And then the Wasp hey. sounds like it goes around Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if An action movie that's a little bit, that's kind of entertaining with some good jokes and accomplishes what it was gonna, what it was trying to do. Well, I might put it a little bit higher than that. Oh. Just a little bit. Because of Paul Rudd? Because Paul Rudd is actually the best Paul Rudd he could be. I don't know about that. Um, like that's Paul Reddy could be. I would, I would put it above like Star Trek Beyond and oh, Life yeah, wow. and probably right above Life and just under Ocean's Eight at that seventy-eight, seventy-nine okay. area. I'll take it. Uh, so I guess to close the episode off with some sweet, sweet Harry Potter, Harry Potter news. Do you know what I'm about to talk about? Uh. No. No? Okay. So, 
<clears throat> Check this out. So, there, you know Pottermore? Pottermore. Pottermore. No, Pottermore, Pottermore is like the website that is like, it's J.K. Rowling approved. Like, you can like go on it and find out what your Patronus is and find out what the sorting hat would put you on. And okay. it's, like, it's, it's like an endorsed fan site i guess but it's like it's endorsed and it's like and like it's it's checked with by her she occasionally drops wisdom and they tweet it and it's like it's it's accepted expanded universe pottermore so there was a tweet that went out uh around the holidays saying that uh prior to the integration of uh like muggle plumbing into hogwarts Wizards magic their poop away. <laughs> would relieve themselves where they stood and magic their poop away, and everyone was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like saying that they didn't have toilets and they went into like a little room and pooped and vanished it. That's one thing, but like where they stood, <laughs> like why? <laughs> like why did any nobody vet this? Like did no? There was everyone just sort of like. You could have written, like, a wizard found a secluded area, relieved themselves. Like, you could have just added that. Yep. You have extra characters now. It's, like, 240 or whatever the heck it is. Like, <laughs> but no, hang on. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to read the Pottermore poop tweet word for word just so we can enjoy that as our closing thoughts. Pottermore poop tweet. Look, I wrote Pottermore P.O. and <laughs> immediately it's a poop tweet. So, the official Pottermore uh, tweet is... Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms. Before adopting muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence. No. Why, why did you have to add wherever they stood? <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> You're just sort of like, like, hey, Scott, we're doing the podcast. <laughs> just take a <laughs> shit on the ground. And then be like, don't worry about it. Like, Spectro Eliminato or whatever the hell. Like, get out of here, Potter. Like, and this is, like, sanctioned. Like, this is sanctioned J.K. Rowling approved tweets. God damn. They all... They have freaking toilets in Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, I, I, that's what I'm also saying. I was, like, prior to adopting like, Muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century, I'm like, there were latrines and stuff, you know? Yep. Like, like medieval muggles. Outhouses. Yeah, medieval muggles, like, pooped in a hole. Like, they didn't <laughs> just, like, just, they, like a king could have gotten away with shitting where he stood and having a servant pick it up. Didn't. He still had a pot. Because <laughs> it's gross. He pooped in a pot and had a servant pick that up. Like, you could have pooped in a pot and vanished the evidence. Why? Literally, where you stood, wherever they stood. But then also, so now here's the thing. Wait, so people, man, is it even to do that while standing? That'd so be really hard. Here's the thing that, like, and obviously the internet has now like dissected this. So then people were sort of like, oh, like they hiked up the ropes, and then people were like, why would you bother? <laughs> why would you not just like soil the robes and then just like point the wand like at your crotch or at your butt? Like, why would you go through the trouble of like? doing it on the floor. Why wouldn't you just like, whatever, man, I'm just going to make a whole big mess up in my pants. Vanished. But, but if you could do that, <laughs> why the hell are Ron Weasley's robes all worn out? I don't know, man. Magical threads. Maybe that's why they're all worn out. They've had so much poop vanished out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Makes them threadbare. They're like, they're hand-me-downs from the 18th century. Also, at what point does muggle plumbing then become easier? Yeah, it's like it seems like a lot more work. <laughs> we need to if, install plumbing. If there was never a problem before. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Like, just why would you tweet this? 
oh man, and then I'm into the Full Metal Alchemists world of equivalent trade. <laughs> well, you know, but equivalent trade is not a part of Harry Potter. I know, but uh, magic does have a cost. Not really. It's just spell words in Harry Potter. It's oh, dumb. Where does it go? <laughs> it's got to show up somewhere. The poop verse. <laughs> like... Man, I'm starting to really side with Voldemort wanting to tear down Hogwarts if that was their initial plan. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, also, I feel that it's unearthing, like, problems with Wizard Society that maybe Voldemort does need to destroy Wizard Society. Cause, very, very cause much guess what? So. For centuries, you guys were just pooping everywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're vanishing it. You're disgusting. Wizard Society needs to end. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's never okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I think that was our closing thoughts. <laughs> Oh, man. Never you know okay. what? Because they say Hogwarts specifically. That means the, the leaders of the four houses were definitely doing that. Yeah, 100%. But I also say that... That means Godric Gryffindor, hero of heroes. Yeah. Sitting there pooping his pants. Yep. Teaching class. Yep, absolutely. But that also, sword is filthy. It also says Hogwarts specifically, which leads me to believe that it's not all wizard society. Like, you know, like the French wizards from the like Triwizard Tournament are like, gross. <laughs> Like, it was just British wizards. Like, British wizards were just disgusting. And other wizards were like, there's other ways, man. Like, you can... Yeah, I feel like those four were definitely outcasted from the rest of wizard society for their poop habits. We're going to make our own special wizard school where we can poop everywhere. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, That's why you listen to this podcast, everybody. So we can talk about poop for ten minutes and magical poop. Uh, system. Scott, do you have any closing comments? Uh, make 2019 good. I'm by not you finish the podcast, not get to work. <laughs> do make it. You're good. Work on it. Don't poop yourself. Ever. <laughs> True Harry Potter. Like, what are the like Potter conventions? You're like, no, I'm playing a pre-18th century wizard. Poop. Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. (laughs) 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.